0: church today we're beginning today we're beginning our Easter series called I am Jesus in his own words. And if you're, if you're new here, if it's your, your first time here with us or first time watching online or first time back in a while, let me just clarify just so that there is no confusion this morning. Um, I do not believe that I am Jesus, in case you were wondering. I do not, um, in case you thought the pastor you know, might be crazy or heavily medicated, not this week at least. This is just the title of our series, I am Jesus in his own words. And what we're kind of going to be doing is We're going to kind of be unpacking and looking at some of the words that Jesus said about who he was. Now, I do need to point out that for nearly 50 years, my dad, my father, did run a mental health agency in Maryland. And when I was a kid, around you know, 9 or 10 years old, he did um, bring your kid to work day. He did that and brought me into work. And um, at his office, I did meet a guy who told me he was Jesus, but I'm like 99.9% sure that he wasn't. But in this series called I Am, we're going to be looking at the seven different I Am statements made by Jesus in the Gospel of John. See, Jesus made these different I am statements. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He said, I am the true vine. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the bread of life, and I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so today we're going to begin by looking at the first of these I am statements of Jesus. It's found in John chapter 10, verse 11. So if you have your Bible with you or your Bible app on your phone, go ahead to John chapter 10. That's where we're going to hang out a little bit today. And as we put the verses also up on the screens, as we always do, as we do that, I was wondering if you could help me out a little bit this morning. And um, I just think this is just a powerful verse. Jesus is telling us who he is in this verse. So let's read the word of God together this morning. This is what Jesus said. Say it with me, church. He said, I am the Good shepherd, that's right. Continue with me. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's right. He is the good shepherd. God is good. In fact, the term gospel in the New Testament literally means the good news. It's good news that Jesus is our good shepherd. As we learn from the, the Easter account, he willingly laid down his life. He willingly went to the cross for us because he loves us. But the fact that he said, I am the good shepherd, implies that there are others That are not so good. In fact, he doesn't just imply it, but he he flat out states it in John 10, chapter 10, verse 1. Here's what Jesus said He said, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief or a robber. Because if you're the shepherd of the sheep, you walk through the gate. But if you're jumping over the walls, Jesus said there might be a problem. So what was he talking about? He was talking about the fact that there are thieves and robbers out there. That there, are, there is a spiritual enemy trying to rob us in this life. Make no mistake. Scripture is clear that we do have a spiritual enemy. And his name is Satan. He is the prince of darkness. And he not only hates God, but he hates God's creation. He hates people. And his mission is to steal, kill, and destroy everything that matters to the heart of God. And I don't know where you fall in your relationship with God right now, but I think it's safe to say that all of us would be willing to admit that there is a force called evil that exists in the world. And it works to destroy a lot of things. There's war, and, and there's famine, and there's, there's all types of horrific things that happen. There's a lot of people who are sick. There are a lot of families that are torn apart. There are a lot of marriages in trouble. There are a lot of people making bad decisions in their life. And I believe at the root of all of this chaos, there is a thief and there is a robber. Jesus said in in John 10.10 that the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So if Jesus is a good shepherd, then who are we in the metaphor, church? Who do you think we are if he's the shepherd? The sheep, that's right, we're the sheep. And imagine how incredible this is. Jesus' desire is that you would have a rich and a satisfying life. That is the desire of Jesus. His desire is that you would live out the incredible story that God has planned for your life. That's what he wants for you. Now, just for the record... The animal sheep are mentioned in Scripture more than any other animal. In fact, sheep are talked about over 200 times in the Bible. And since we're talking about animals this morning, let me ask another question. How many of you are animal lovers out there? Will you raise your hand? Yeah, awesome. Okay, how many of you really love dogs? Like you've got a fur baby at home, you love your dog. Awesome. I I do too. I've got a one-year-old Wheaton Terrier named Remy. We love her so much. And for those of you who love dogs, you're going to be really excited to know that dogs are mentioned 44 amazing times in Scripture. I do need to point out this morning that cats are mentioned exactly zero times in Scripture. Zero You cannot find cat in the Bible unless, of course, you talk about a lion, which is in the cat family, and the Bible says Satan roams around like a hungry lion. So there is a direct link between Satan and cats. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Don't get mad at me this morning. Now, when looking at animals, we are like the sheep, and unfortunately for us, that's not great news. Why? Because sheep are some of the dumbest animals on planet Earth. Think about this. You go to a circus and you will see all kinds of animals. You'll see elephants and horses. You might even see a donkey. You'll see trained dogs and a tiger. You might even find a flea circus, but you will never see a sheep. Why? Because you can't train them. They're too dumb. In fact, the only way to make a sheep play dead is to shoot it, and that trick only works one time, okay? So I just need to say For the love of Jesus, please don't take any offense at this at all, but you and I, sometimes in life, can be dumb, okay? And we can do dumb things. So let me unpack for you this morning four big challenges that we face as sheep. Four big challenges. The first one, if you're taking notes, is this. Number one, sheep get lost easily. Sheep get lost easily. My wife would say amen to that about me. I can get lost walking down my driveway. It's that bad. She has fun riding uh, in the car with me on car trips because she never knows where we're going to wind up. Okay? A few months ago, we were driving around town, just running some errands, dropping the kids off, going to Walmart, and I got lost three times in that car ride. Finally, she looked over at me. I was just, you know, we, were, we were talking, having conversation. I would just zone out and miss a turn. Finally, Julie turns to me, and she's like, what are you doing? Are you losing your mind? And I said, hey, babe, I always told you life with me would be an adventure. And then I called her by an ex-girlfriend's name. That didn't go over too well, so Julie has a good right hook. But sheep can get lost easily. In fact, in the Old Testament, there's a verse in Isaiah 53, and it says this. It says that we all, like sheep, have gone astray, Each one of us has turned to his own way. It's incredibly common for sheep to drift off, to walk away from the safety of the flock. And they go, hmm, I think I'll wander over here today. I think the grass looks a little bit nicer on the other side of that hill. I think something over there might make me happy. And the reality is that many of us do the exact same thing. We're trying to figure out life, but we so easily can drift and start making some bad decisions. It's because sheep without a shepherd can get lost very, very easily. Number two, if you're taking notes, is this. Sheep are defenseless. Sheep are defenseless. This is really interesting to think about. Almost every animal in the animal kingdom has some form of defense. A cat has those demon claws. It can claw your eyes out, right? Many animals have fangs or horns they can ram you with. Some can kick, some can fly away. Some are really, really fast. Some can blend into their environment. They have camouflage and skills like that. Sheep can't do anything. They are totally defenseless. You attack a sheep, and what will it do? Nothing. It'll just say, back off. That's all it'll do. That was a bad joke, I know. But they're defenseless. On on our own, without protection from the good shepherd, we are very, very vulnerable to the lies of the evil one that can lead to death. And destruction. Sheep are defenseless. Number three, sheep can be very stubborn. Sheep can be very stubborn. Look at the person next to you this morning and say, I think the pastor's talking about you. Some of you wanted to do that for a long time. Some of you didn't do it right now. You know why? Because you're stubborn. You just proved my point this morning. Thank you for being big chief, no fun at church, okay? But sheep can be stubborn. In fact, I read that if a sheep walks and gets stuck between two rocks, It'll just keep trying to move forward and get more stuck. It does not know how to back up. It can't go beep, beep, beep and put it in reverse. It can't do that. It just keeps going forward and getting stuck. It reminds me one time, um, wait, you know, many, many years ago, I was at Walmart with my three daughters. They were probably like all under the age of six. And we're standing in this long line in Walmart. And, and there was a larger woman in front of us. And her cell phone went off. And it had this annoying ring. And it was just going beep, beep, beep. And one of my girls turned around and said, look how Dad, she's backing up. A little bit embarrassing story, but sheep, they, they don't back up. They're very stubborn. They will not back up. If a sheep gets stuck, it just keeps moving forward. How many of you know somebody who seems to be doing that in their life right now? Huh? Probably a lot of us, right? If we're being honest, we know people who are like that. You know? It might be the person who says, you know, I'm broke. I'm just struggling in my finances. I'm just stressed out all the time because of my finances, Let's go to the mall and go shopping. It'll make me feel better, right? A lot of sheep are like that. They're stubborn. Last one, number four, sheep are filthy. Sheep are filthy. Well, pastor, I've seen sheep on television, and they look white and fluffy. Let me tell you, that dude was power washed before they started filming, okay? Sheep are filthy, and they stink. They're dirty and nasty. They don't have the ability to clean themselves. And if I can say this, again, very, very lovingly and very, very respectfully, that's the way that we are in the eyes of God without Jesus. A lot of people say, well, well, you know, he's a good guy. She's a good girl. Well, in the eyes of God, that's not true. We're actually not very good. In the eyes of a perfect, holy, righteous God, we are very dirty and sinful, and we fall far, far, far short of the mark, which is perfection, God's standard, In Scripture, in Isaiah 64, 6, it says this, it says that all of us have become like one who is unclean and that all our righteous acts, even all of our good deeds to God are like what? Filthy rags. We like to say, look how good I am. I might be a little bit messed up, but I'm not as bad as them over there. That's really easy to say, especially around this time of year. You might gather together with some family over Easter dinner, Easter lunch, and you're looking around the table and you're like, God, I'm not as bad as they are. Not as jacked up as cousin Fred over there, right? We tend to think that. But none of us live up to God's standard of perfection. That's why we say all the time, there are no perfect people here, including the pastor. My wife would say especially the pastor. So the bottom line is really this, church. Sheep need a shepherd, and we need a Savior. Sheep need a shepherd, and we need a Savior. We need Jesus And this is why it is really, really incredibly good news when Jesus tells us, I am the good shepherd who will lay down my life for my sheep. We may be dirty and we may be imperfect and we may be jacked up, but we have a savior who chooses to love us anyway and who's willing to meet us exactly where we are. And church, that is good news Now, in the rest of our time this morning, I want to show you four incredible qualities of Jesus, our good shepherd. And I pray that God would just connect this into your heart in such a powerful way that you would never forget it, that you would remember it every single day. The first one is this. If you're taking notes, what does the good shepherd do? What does Jesus do? Number one, he guides us. He guides us. The good shepherd guides. In Psalm 23, verse 3, King David said, the Lord is my shepherd. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Jesus guides us. Have you ever found yourself with like a big decision in front of you that you had to make? And you didn't know what to do. And so so when you seek the Lord, he will guide you. He will instruct you. He will help give you direction. John 10, 3 through 4 says this. It says he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. Jesus, the good shepherd, calls his sheep by name and they follow him because they know his voice. The sheep recognize the voice of the shepherd. Now, some of you may say, well, are you saying, Pastor, that God could speak to me audibly? I'm saying I believe that God absolutely could speak to you audibly. That's happened at points in history. But God also speaks through many different ways. I mean, God speaks through his word. When we get in the habit of daily getting into the word of God and spending our time in our devotions, God speaks to us through the reading of his word. God speaks to us in our prayer life when we spend time praying with him. God speaks to us through life circumstances and he speaks to us through other godly people. That's why one of our core values around here is that growing people grow with people. When you put yourself in community with other followers of Jesus who are trying to move the same direction that you are, God can move through that, and he can speak through that in powerful ways, like through your small groups. God can even speak in situations like this, by coming to church and being a part of a church service. God can speak in all different kinds of ways, and the sheep who belong to him, know his voice. Now, some of you might say, well, Pastor, I'm not really sure, if I'm being honest right now, I'm not sure if I know his voice. And to that, I'd say, there's one of two reasons why you wouldn't know his voice. Uh, Imagine if you walked into a room with 50 women, and they're all chatting, they're all having a conversation. And my wife was in that room, and I, I put a blindfold on you, and I asked you, If you could find my wife, you might say, no, I don't think I would be able to do that. And the reason you wouldn't be able to do that is twofold. It's either that you don't know her, that you've never met her, or you haven't spent enough time with her to know her voice. But I can tell you with certainty that if you blindfolded me and put me in a room with 50 women, within a few minutes, I'd be able to find my wife. You know why? Because I know her. Because I've spent so much time with her that I clearly can recognize her voice. If you don't recognize the voice of the good shepherd in your life, then either you don't know him or you haven't spent enough time with him to recognize his voice. Because the good news is that the good shepherd calls you by name. Our God is is not a distant, detached God. Our God is a personal God. He's a relational God, and he calls you by name because he wants to guide you in this life, and he wants to guide you to a greater life. So number one, he guides. The second thing he does is this. Number two, he provides. Our God is a good God who provides. Psalm 23, one through three, King David said this, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters, still waters. He refreshes my soul. I love that imagery. He makes me lie down in green pastures. How often do you see a sheep lying down? Not very often. Because there's several things that have to happen for a sheep to feel comfortable enough to lie down. They have to be well fed. They have to feel safe. Remember, they don't have a lot of defense mechanisms. They're very paranoid animals, always looking around for the next attack. They need to feel safe. They're super vigilant. But in the presence of a good shepherd, when their belly is full, when they feel safe, when they feel content, you'll see one lie down. Some of you need a good shepherd in your life. Some of you need a good shepherd in your home, especially in this past year because you have struggled with fear and stress and anxiety. The passage goes on to say, he leads me beside quiet waters. Why do the waters have to be still and quiet? Because if it's a a raging river, if it's rushing waters, the sheep won't drink. They might fall in and be a cotton ball going downstream until they sink. The good shepherd leads them to the right situation, the right kind of water. And the Bible says he refreshes my soul. I love that. He refreshes my soul. He's such a good provider. He doesn't just care about my physical body. He cares about everything about me, my mental health, my emotional health, my spiritual health. He refreshes my soul. Some of you right now, your soul needs rest. He can refresh your soul inwardly, you can have peace. The amazing thing is when you're under the care of the Good Shepherd, literally hell on earth can break out in your life, and yet you can still walk around with a supernatural peace that surpasses all understanding. What is that? That's your soul at rest because you know that the Good Shepherd has you in his hands and will take care of you. The good shepherd guides, the good shepherd provides. Number three, if you're taking notes, the good shepherd corrects. He corrects. Now, this might not seem like good news, especially if you're a sheep that's wandering, but it truly is good news because God is saying that he loves you enough to correct you to save your life from danger. In Job chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, look at what Job says. Job understood this so clearly. He said, blessed is the one whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty, for he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal. God corrects. Now that that might seem like an odd thing for God to do. God wounds and then binds up. What's that all about? Here's what shepherds would do in, in, in ancient history. If they had a little lamb, that would continue to wander away from the flock and get into danger. It almost fell off a cliff and almost got eaten by a wolf. It keeps wandering away. It's not listening. Well, the good shepherd would sometimes take his rod, and, and this staff. It was kind of a little bit like a, like a half of a nunchuck. Growing up, did any of you guys like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, by the way? Yes, right there, Chris. Awesome. I was a, a very big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. Michelangelo was my favorite Ninja Turtle because he had nunchucks. And so I begged my parents for them to buy me a pair of nunchucks, and they actually did. Don't judge them. This was like the 80s, okay? If you're around my age or older, I'm in my early 40s. I was a kid of the 80s. You know there was literally no safety standards back then. And so, so mom and dad, God bless them, bought their nerdy, uncoordinated little Indian boy a pair of nunchucks. I was the chutney ninja, okay? I had ninja skills. I had nunchuck skills, bow skills. Video game skills. Somebody's getting fired in the booth for that right there, okay? I lost all control of the service. I'm sorry. But the shepherd had this rod that was kind of like a nunchuck. And so if this little sheep keeps wandering off, what they would do is they would just pow, whack the little sheep right in its leg. Sounds cruel, I know. But then the shepherd would take this little lamb and and bind up the wound and would just carry this little lamb around on his shoulders and take care of him and nurse him and keep the little lamb close for the weeks that it took for that lamb to heal. And as the lamb would heal, it would become totally dependent on the shepherd, and it would recognize and learn the shepherd's voice. And that little lamb, even when it was fully healed, because it was so cared for by the shepherd, it would not run off again. It would know the voice of the shepherd. See, I have five kids. My my three daughters are 17, 15, and 12. My boys are 9 and 1. And my youngest, my one-year-old Lincoln, um, the other day, he was playing at the kitchen table with a, with a fork, with a metal fork, and he was banging it on the table. He liked the music that that made, and then he was beating his siblings with it and picking his nose, everything a one-year-old you know, would do with a fork. And, and I was distracted for a little bit, and then I, I, I noticed all of a sudden it was really quiet. Now, for those of you who don't have kids, you're like, so what? Those of you who are parents, you're like, dear God, call 911, right? So I've learned, I've, I've learned over the years in my house with five kids that if it gets quiet in my house, my kids are probably building a bomb, okay? And so I look over and I see that Lincoln has gotten down from his seat and he's carrying this metal fork and he is moving towards this interesting object on the side of the wall that has holes in it. It's called an electrical outlet. And so I just reacted. I remember thinking, I don't even have time to speak. I jumped out of my seat and I just knocked him over. And he gets back up and he looks at me and these big giant tears start streaming down his little cheeks and he's like, no, dada. Which translated means you're a mean, mean man. Bad daddy, bad man, daddy, you hurt me. In his little mind, he could not comprehend what a loving thing that I had just done for him. I had just knocked him out of harm's way. Why? Because I love him. And, and, and there may be a time... When our good and loving God lets us face the consequences of our sin and our bad decisions to keep us from making worse decisions that could wreck our life. Now, I'll just be honest. Nobody sits around going, God, please discipline me. Like that's not in the top 10 list of prayers that people have. Nobody does that. And when I discipline my kids, they never say, oh, praise the Lord, dad is disciplining us. We don't get to watch TV anymore. Maybe he'll take away our phones. You're a good dad. They don't do that. But here's what scripture says in Hebrews 12, 11. It says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Our good shepherd is so loving that he even loves us enough to correct us, to keep us out of further harm, and to lead us to a greater life. He guides, he provides, he corrects, and then the last one, number four, he protects. This is what King David says in Psalm 23, verses 4 to 6. I love this. He says, and you're probably familiar with this verse. It's very famous in Scripture. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When he is with me, I have nothing to fear. When he is with me, I am at rest In my soul, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. What does that mean? What does it mean, you anoint my head with oil? Well, the shepherds, you know, we talked about this the sheep were kind of stinky. They were dirty and they were stinky, and there were flies around them all the time. There was a particular fly that sometimes liked to to crawl up into the nostril of a sheep and it would lay its eggs. And this would drive the sheep absolutely mad. They would start to bang their head against things. They, they even sometimes do it to the point of killing themselves. And so the good shepherd would put on the, the sheep this oil, which was like an insect repellent against the fly. And God says, I will take care of even the things that irritate you. And then he says, my cup overflows. What does that mean? I've been in in full-time ministry now for over 20 years, but the first five years, um, Julie and I led young adult ministry, and we were college students at the time, and we would have college students over our house. We had a little townhouse in, in Catonsville, Maryland. And we would have college students come over literally all the time, almost every day during the week. And college students are a weird bunch. Like, they, they don't really have, you know, any, any um, you know, idea or comprehension of time of day. And oftentimes they would stay at our house late into the night, like past midnight, 1 a.m. in the morning. And we were newlyweds. And so sometimes I wanted them out of my house. And so I would be like, you know, oh, it's kind of getting late. Aren't you guys tired? You know, Stuff like that, and they wouldn't take a hint, they would, wouldn't take a clue that it was time to leave. And so, finally, I decided I would just start cranking up the thermostat in our house and just make it really, really hot. And so, it would get really, really hot, and they would start sweating. They'd be like, Oh man, it's a little warm in here, I think it's time to go. And I'd be like, Yeah, get your butt out of my house, you know, because I just wanted them to leave at that point. And, and, and back in history, in ancient Palestine, there was a tradition, and the tradition was that you were welcome in somebody's home as long as they kept pouring wine into your glass. But when they would stop pouring wine into your glass, when they let it run empty, that was your clue that it was time to go home. So what King David is saying, he says, my cup overflows. In other words, I am always welcome in the presence of the good shepherd. That's how he is. That's how good he is. That's how much he loves me. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my house. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He will not kick me out. He will let me stay. I'm a part of his family. Last thought and then we'll pray. Jesus once told a parable and he talked about a shepherd who had a hundred sheep and one of them wandered off. And Jesus said in this parable that he, he would leave the 99 to go after the one there might be somebody in here today or watching online today and you just needed to hear that this morning that your god loves you enough that he is willing to leave the 99 to come after you because you matter to him and the good shepherd wants you to know him and he loves you and he cares about your life and he cares about your future he cares about your eternity and there is one who wants to steal and kill and destroy. But the good shepherd came that you might have life, an incredible life with him. He loves you so much that he laid down his life so that you could know his love and so that you could step into a greater life with him. Can we pray together this morning, church? Let's pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, I ask that your spirit would speak to us, God, in just a powerful way that would transform lives. As we pray, there there are some of you right now and you're saying, I need the good shepherd. I need the good shepherd in my life. Some of you, you've got a decision to make. Listen, he will guide you if you seek him. Some of you right now, you're feeling empty He wants to be your provider. He wants to fill your life. Some of you right now, you recognize you're off track. He loves you enough that he wants to discipline you and correct you because he wants greater things for your life. Some of you right now, you're worried and you're anxious. You need rest in the presence and in the protection of the good shepherd. Wherever this might land for you, if you're watching today, if you're here today and you would say, you know what, I really do want to trust Jesus. I really want Jesus to be my good shepherd in this life. Would you just lift a hand right now and say, Pastor, that's my prayer. Would you pray for me? Praise God. Praise God. I see that. I see that as well. Praise God. Is there anybody else this morning who would acknowledge, I need the good shepherd in my life. Jesus, I need you. Praise God. Praise God. I just want to pray for you right now. And for those of you who are brothers and sisters in Christ, maybe things are going well in your life right now. Would you, would you pray along with these brothers and sisters who just raised a hand? Would you pray? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the way you reveal yourself. Thank you for Jesus, the good shepherd. Jesus, you did for us What we couldn't do for ourselves. You died for our sins. You were raised to life. And anyone who calls on your name, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter how much doubt we may have, anyone who calls on your name, scripture says, will be saved. God, I'm so thankful that you would leave the 99 to go after the one. God, I pray that we would be a people who would know your voice and follow your lead and trust you all the days of our life because we need you, Jesus, our good shepherd. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Can we celebrate the work that God is doing in the lives of people? Praise God. Church, let's stand together as we continue to sing and celebrate our amazing God. Heavenly Father, I pray blessings today upon these, your people. God, I pray as always that you would give us the wisdom to know what to do with what we've heard today. The incredible words of your son, Jesus, who said, I am the good shepherd who will lay down his life for his sheep. Father, give us the wisdom to know what to do with that and the courage to actually take action, to make a course correction in our life, to begin to listen more for the voice of the good shepherd in our lives. Father, if we're dealing with anxiety, if we're if we're drifting astray, God, we pray that you would guide us, correct us, love us, embrace us. God, speak to us that we want to follow the good shepherd who loves us enough that he laid down his life to save us from our sins. You are an incredible God, and we love you. And we pray that we can listen to your voice so that we can move from the smaller story of us to the greater story of you and the plans that you have for our future and for our eternity. And we pray these things today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you back next week on Palm Sunday. As you exit, please remember to exit from the far right doors and to practice social distancing on your way out. God
1: bless. We walk